Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today, I'm your host, Judy Como. I'm actually Judy Como every day, but today I'm the host of Red Sea Roundup, and I want to welcome all of our listeners across Central Texas, listening here locally in the Bryan College Station area on 88.5 KEDC, KYAR, Waco Central Texas, uh, 98.3 FM, and our listeners over in Palestine, KINF, 107.9. Good morning. We have a roundtable here in the studio today where we're joined by our commander-in-chief, Dennis Maka, over on the controls. Good morning, Dennis. He doesn't have a mic in front of him. So he's waving at all of our listeners and our station manager, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning. Good morning, Judy. Great to see you this morning, Good as to always. Be seen. Good to be seen. And uh, we're also joined by our guest who will be interviewed on the second part. Her name is Patricia Hefty. She is the organizer and leader of the upcoming vigil of 40 Days for Life. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, Judy. So glad you're here. I uh, don't want to let too much more time go by before asking us all to unite in prayer this morning. Um, We have a hurricane in the Gulf, and lots of people across the Gulf Coast will be in harm's way. So I sure would like to ask everyone to join in this prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O Heavenly Father, all the elements of nature obey your command. Calm the storms that threaten us and turn our fear into praise of your goodness. Protect us from hurricanes and disasters of nature. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the power of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Great. And there's another voice on here. Uh, We're joined also by our station manager over there in Waco, Robin Waters. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Judy. I'm glad to be here. Hope you're having a blessed day. So far, so good, my friend. Um, Even though the Aggies are back in town, the traffic is really not too bad yet. And I'm always grateful for that. You get so used to it when they're not here. Uh, Robin, you're joining us this morning. I think we have a few things to talk about that you want to mention. uh, Something going on over there in Waco. Yes, uh, our benefit dinner that we had originally scheduled for May 7th, of course, we had to uh, postpone it because of the pandemic, uh, was rescheduled for October the 8th. Uh, So since May through the summer, we've had a few changes that I wanted to to make everyone aware of. I've called pretty much everyone who has uh, made a reservation, and I'm going to send out an email this week. But I just wanted to get this out over the airwaves of the changes concerning our benefit Thursday, October the 8th. Uh, We've got a new location. The location is going to be the Knights of Columbus Hall in West, my hometown. 
uh, it was scheduled for Sacred Heart uh, Catholic Church's Parish Activity Center. And they're so gracious. There's Father Benji and all the parishioners there support Catholic Radio so so much. And we were so thankful for them. But the hall just wasn't big enough for us to do social distancing for the number of reservations we already had, which is such a blessing. It is. And the KC, KC Hall there in West is about double the size, so that'll be no problem. Uh, so that's that's a big change. Uh, the other change, one of the other changes, is that our speaker, uh, Father Albert Hass, had to uh, is is not out doing public speaking right now, just out of health concerns. But uh, we picked up another great speaker, Dr. Michael Foley, who is a professor at Baylor, and he's been teaching in the Great Text program there at Baylor since 2004. And he wrote a couple of interesting books. One of which is called Drinking with the Saints, a Sinner's Guide to a Holy Happy Hour. And so we talked with him, and uh, and uh, he's going to come and do a talk for us. And I think it's going to be very interesting because we're going to get a good spiritual message about some of the saints in our in the past who have been great uh, followers of the Lord and dedicated their enti- entire lives, most of them dying for the Lord, and also a little fun. Uh, so uh, we're we're looking forward to having him there, and I know when I was when we were talking about having him in the, in our topic uh, uh, as part of our our theme this year, you know we thought you know with with all this going on since um, since March, uh, we need a little fun. So you know we'll keep it spiritual, but have a little fun too, and that's going to be again October the eighth, Thursday, October the eighth at the KC Hall in West. Uh, one other thing I'll mention is that uh, typically when a person, when a group or a person purchases a, a table, it seats eight people. But to do additional social distancing, we're going to break that, that table up into two tables and give them 10 spots. So we're going to give them two spots for no additional charge, just as a thank you for our, our loyal supporters and uh, also allow for mo- more social distancing. Wow. And of course, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good, and uh, of, of course, we're you know we'll be uh, practicing all the uh, COVID-19 procedures, social distancing, wearing a mask. Uh, we will allow them to take their mask off when they're at their table, but uh, of course, just need to be safe and uh, get in there and uh, uh, have some good fun and fellowship and and us. Uh, and help our station to to grow. Absolutely, Robin. Um, Dr. Um, Mike Foley, who's the speaker, has been on Red Sea Roundup a couple of times. I think he's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks also. indeed. He's going to talk about all you want to know about St. Augustine and then some. And then some. Well, um, and we're going to talk about our saint, his mother, St. Monica, in just a few moments. Perfect. it's just going to be a great evening, folks. If you haven't purchased your tickets, if you still are interested in a table, I'm sure we have room for all of that. But as Robin said, we just need to come together in solidarity and support our station so that the Catholic Radio can continue to prosper all over Central Texas. And uh, his topic is going to be how to drink like a saint in five easy lessons. And uh, that- and then... Uh- I got so envious that that was going to be the theme for the Waco Benefit Dinner and that Dr. Foley was going to be speaking in Waco that I insisted that we do the same thing here 
in Bryan College Station because three years ago, my sister bought me that book, Drinking with the Saints, for my birthday. And I've been, I can assure you folks, perusing it often. Yes, we've had many discussions when a Saints feast day comes up. The book is very interesting. It's, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful resource for the liturgical calendar and how to mark the liturgical calendar, observe the liturgical calendar every day, use uh, toasts for um, uh, th- those saints' feast days and to observe that and remember that they're in heaven in the presence of God, looking upon the beatific vision, joined to God's God and in the Holy Spirit and in the Son of God and God the Father, and that they can intercede on our behalf because of that. Um, so it's just awesome, and we're going to uh, have drinking with the saints with Dr. Michael Foley here in Bryan College Station. That's going to be on November twelfth. Similar situation. We're going to go to a larger venue. Uh, we're going to be at the Brazos Center so that we can still have our um, same number of guests, same number of invitations sent out, but we can put people socially distanced, uh, both in terms of the table spacing and also the numbers at the tables. And so we're very, very excited about that. It's a shame to have to go away from St. Thomas Aquinas because they've been so accommodating been so good year after year after year. Um, but this is a this is unusual circumstance, and so we have to you know take precautions and do things a little bit a little bit differently. Well, the good Lord provides. Uh, we've had to make some changes in yeah. our speakers. That's and, right. That's um, right. Lots well, of lots of adjustments. We have to be flexible. That have to be flexible. Will. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Robin, thank you so much uh, for calling in yeah. and great work over there. And we will talk to you soon. And Judy, can I jump in? Hey, Judy. Oh, go ahead, Robin. Go ahead. I, I was going to, if you've got just a second, there's sure. one other quick thing I wanted to mention just to get it out there. One thing that I've been working on this last couple of weeks, Father Ryan over at St. Louis in Waco had talked to Thaddeus and Dennis about us broadcasting the Riker Catholic High School's football games on our station. So we've been working hard on getting all that together. It looks like we've got everything. Well, let's put it this way. We are going to broadcast Riker Catholic football home games on our station. So I am actively, as of right now, looking for businesses, individuals, groups that would like to sponsor those games. So anyone that's interested in sponsoring that can call me, 254-749-4937, and I can give you the details. Great. No, they'll have a lot of mention throughout the football game that helps promote their businesses and as a sponsor. For sure, and 24-7 on our station. They'll get a lot of promo for that. So uh, you Waco doesn't even have to be from Waco. Maybe you're a high school football enthusiast that can help us uh, provide this wonderful service uh, for, our, for our station. So thanks again, Robin. Great work. Thank you. Have a blessed right. day. You too. And um, uh, as Robin mentioned and Thaddeus elaborated on, the saints in heaven, we'd like to uh, talk about a saint on Red Sea Roundup and... I would be remiss in not mentioning that tomorrow is the memorial of St. Monica. She is the patron saint of mothers and wives. Um, she had her work cut out for her here on earth. She, <laughs> she sure <laughs> you did. know, and the following day, Friday, is the feast, the memorial of St. Augustine, one of the doctors of our church. And 
a saint who gives us all so much hope for uh, our own conversion and our own faith journey, mm-hmm. uh, St. Monica. 21 years that of prayer. prayed for that. But prior or during all of that time, she uh, her prayers converted her husband and her mother-in-law also. That's right. And uh, after her son, she had three three sons. We never really hear about them too much. But um, as St. Augustine traveled to Rome to study, she followed him there. And as she aged and her health was declining, the sons were discussing where they were to bury her. And they really thought that she wasn't able to hear what they were talking about. And she woke up, and this is from his book, uh, The Confessions. Uh, She's quoted to say, Bury my body wherever you will. Let not care of it cause you any concern. One thing only I ask, that you remember me at the altar of the Lord, wherever you may be. Mm -hmm. And And we carry on that request every time that we memorialize her on the on the calendar every right, year our, and at every mass and mm-hmm. we pray for the souls in purgatory and uh, she is a great intercessor and a fun fact about saint monica the city of santa monica california is named after her of course and as we're getting ready to go down to, we're getting down to the wire here about a minute and 30 seconds uh, i want to just quickly hop in here and this is another important day for me and my family because this is my father's birthday. So wow. happy birthday, Pop. I love you to... You're everything to me. You, you've given me your whole self, your whole mind, your whole heart. Everything that's good about me is because of you. I love you. Well, I love him because I love you. And that's a beautiful, beautiful tribute to him. So we... Uh, listeners here. And as we get ready to uh, go to a break, I also want to mention still in the far off, not quite around the corner, but mention that St. Anthony's Catholic Church here in Bryan is planning a virtual bazaar on October the 25th. We're not going to be able to go out to the pavilion and enjoy the day as it usually is. But as we've been talking, it's peculiar times and we have to have peculiar ways around things like that, but you can continue to support St. Anthony's Church. Check out our Facebook page and our website for more information. drive through barbecue. See y'all in about two minutes. All this I can Well, hello, greetings, and welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, it's a perfect time to be on Red Sea Radio because we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Patricia Hefty. She is the vigil leader for our upcoming 
40 Days for Life prayer vigil. Patricia, welcome. Hi, Judy. Nice to be here. Nice to see you again. I met you about a year ago when I was invited to uh, the formation meeting uh, as you were forming another 40 Days for Life. Our mutual friend, Deacon Dave Mays, invited uh, my husband, Keith, and I to join you. And I can remember so much of what you had to say on that day, um, inviting us. Yes, we're blessed. We're blessed that we no longer have a Planned Parenthood functioning here in this town. Yes. But uh, it was very convicting when you said that if you think people aren't, women aren't driving right past that location to go to Houston, Waco, Austin, and other places that abortions are being performed, we're sadly mistaken and that we need to uh, remain vigilant in our prayers. And so... um, if you want to kind of introduce yourself and a little bit of why you're here and what's called you to be a part of the 40 Days for Life prayer vigil. Okay. Well, um, I'm here mainly to to encourage people to remember the pro-life message and to remember how uh, precious and unique every life is and to realize that we have to stand for those that cannot stand for themselves, we have to speak for those that can't speak for themselves. And when we uh, look at our world today and we, like you said, we look at our community and say, well, we don't have a Planned Parenthood. But I remember in 2013 when I finally realized what 40 Days for Life was all about. And the minute I realized what they were doing, I said, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed a total, I thought it was three, it was actually four times I prayed in front of that Planned Parenthood Center on 29th Street. And after those four times, it was closed down. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I got in on the (laughs) tail end of the, of the process and we went to the, uh, to the rally that they had. Wasn't that amazing? Oh, it was beautiful to see that sign come down and to realize that was no longer going to be a place where women and children were going to be harmed. And um, so that was the end of our Planned Parenthood Center, as we know it, and 40 Days for Life actually repurposed the building, which is so beautiful the way God repurposes our lives. He repurposed that building to to be now a place of hope and light and life and joy. And so uh, it was really exciting. Yes. Well, as we serve a providential God, don't we? And uh, Patricia and Thaddeus and I have been communicating over the last couple of weeks about this interview. And as Providence would have it, last night on the Republican National Convention, Abby Johnson, who is a pro-life advocate. Talk she about was a- having our life repurposed. <laughs> <right>? Yes. <laughs> through that building and through the prayer presence and uh, constant love that was extended to her throughout the, uh, her uh, tenure there as an employee and went on to be um, experienced conversion. And um, if you are listening and you didn't happen to tune in to the convention last night, we're going to share her message at this time. My name is Abby Johnson, and I spent eight years working for Planned Parenthood 
But today, I am a pro-life activist. When I was in college, Planned Parenthood approached me at a volunteer fair. They talked about helping women in crisis and their commitment to keep abortion safe, legal, and rare. I was convinced to volunteer and later offered a full-time job as a medical assistant before my promotion to director of the clinic. I truly believed I was helping women, but things drastically changed in 2009. In April, I was awarded Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year Award and invited to their annual gala where they present the Margaret Sanger Award, named for their founder. And Margaret Sanger was a racist who believed in eugenics. Her goal when founding Planned Parenthood was to eradicate the minority population. Today, almost 80% of Planned Parenthood abortion facilities are strategically located in minority neighborhoods. And every year, Planned Parenthood celebrates its racist roots by presenting the Margaret Sanger Award. Later in August, my supervisor assigned me a new quota to meet, an abortion quota. I was expected to sell double the abortions performed the previous year. When I pushed back, underscoring Planned Parenthood's public-facing goal of decreasing abortions, I was reprimanded and told, abortion is how we make our money. But the tipping point came a month later when a physician asked me to assist with an ultrasound guided abortion. Nothing prepared me for what I saw on the screen. An unborn baby fighting back, desperate to move away from the suction. And I'll never forget what the doctor said next. Beam me up, Scotty. The last thing I saw was a spine twirling around in the mother's womb before succumbing to the force of the suction. On October 6th, I left the clinic looking back only to remember why I now advocate so passionately for life. I founded and currently run, and then there were none, a nonprofit organization that's helped nearly 600 abortion workers transition out of the industry. For most people who consider themselves pro-life, abortion is abstract. They can't even conceive of the barbarity. They don't know about the products of conception room and abortion clinics where infant corpses are pieced back together to ensure nothing remains in the mother's wombs. Or that we joked and called it the pieces of children room. You see, for me, abortion is real. I know what it sounds like. I know what abortion smells like. Did you know abortion even had a smell? I've been the perpetrator to these babies, to these women. And I now support President Trump because he has done more for the unborn than any other president. During his first month in office, he banned federal funds for global health groups that promote abortion. That same year, he overturned an Obama-Biden rule that allowed government subsidy of abortion. He appointed a record number of pro-life judges, including two Supreme Court justices. And importantly, he announced a new rule protecting the rights of healthcare workers objecting to abortion, many of whom I work with every day. 
Life is a core tenant of who we are as Americans. And this election is a choice between two radical anti-life activists and the most pro-life president we have ever had. That's something that should compel you to action. Go door to door, make calls, talk to your neighbors and friends, and vote on November 3rd. Take action that reelects our president and do it with our very most vulnerable Americans in mind, the ones who haven't been born yet. If you're just joining us, that's a clip of Abby Johnson's compelling I uh, can't think of the word, uh, witness on uh, the Republican National Convention last night. Um, and I also remind our listeners that this is a live show. We would welcome a question or a comment to call in at 855-683-7332. So, Patricia, we've, uh, you're going to give our listeners something to jump into action she called us to action. We're calling the uh, local area here to action. So talk a little bit about the vigil that we have planned that's going to be here locally in the Bryan College Station area. Okay. The vigil will be in the same location as it was last year. We had our first vigil in six years last year in 2019 in the fall. Uh, this year it's going to be between September 23rd and November 1st. Uh, we will be standing on the sidewalk on Texas Avenue, uh, right in front of Torchy's Tacos and Raisin Cane's. Uh, and it's the same area. It's right across the street from the East Gate of Texas A&M University. It's a very um, busy intersection. Mm -hmm. And we had a great response last year uh, from the community. We had probably 98% positive. We did have the 2% negative, but you know... Uh, we know that people are hurting, and we know that abortion is a, a hard subject. It's not an easy subject if you think about what it actually entails. Right. It uh, is not easy. Yeah, so you mentioned that there was a six-year span here locally that we didn't have the sidewalk presence, the yes. 40 Days for Life. And um, you exp kind of explained the, that God put that on your heart to organize this. Can you kind of tell us a little about that calling? Sure. Sure. Uh, my husband and I have volunteered with 40 Days for Life for uh, several years, since 2013 when I started on the sidewalk. And then when uh, 40 Days for Life launched uh, nationally and internationally. So we'd go down, um, mainly myself, my husband was working. So um, by his provision, I'm able to do a lot of things that I do. Hey girl, I, I, I appreciate sing that song him. every day. Yes, I appreciate him. And uh so I've been volunteering with them, putting together uh, packets for leaders and just whatever needs to be done, writing thank you notes. And uh, then in December of 2018, I just felt a stirring in my heart. Uh, and I knew it was about the vigils, but I wasn't sure what God was up to. And in, after a, a concerted time of prayer and fasting and just seeking God on what he was doing in me, uh, I heard the words in my heart, do you really think just because there's not an abortion facility in this community, do you really think that there aren't women and men driving the streets of our community and wondering what are we going to do about this unplanned pregnancy? 
and then going to other communities for those abortions. There's we're at the hub of a three uh, a three hour radius within Bryan College Station. That is where the majority of the abortions happen in Texas. Is within a three hour radius of Bryan College Station. So Austin, Waco, Dallas, Fort Worth, Beaumont, Houston, in um, Houston. The facility in Houston is the largest uh, abortion facility in the Western Hemisphere. It is, I believe, it's seventy-eight thousand square feet. Goodness. So, uh, you know, the Lord was very clear. There are people that are making life and de- death decisions on our roadways every day. They're wondering what are they going to do, and where are they going to go, and how are they going to. Uh, parent this child, or what are they? What are they going to do? And he also uh, reminded me that there are people driving the streets of our community that have already been through abortions. They've already known the pain and the regret and the shame and the suffering that they have received because of their decisions, their past decisions. And he said, "You know, they need to know." There is healing and forgiveness yes. in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And um, the third thing was that uh, we need to keep the pro-life message alive in our community. We need to remind people of the, of the issue, of the value of life. And so for those three reasons, that's, that's what I heard in my heart. And I prayed about it, and I, I thought about it, and I prayed about it some more, and just that that stirring would not go away. And uh, and in the spring, I was praying about doing a spring vigil here in the College Station area, and um, I just wasn't sure what, what to do, whether I should do that or not. And in the middle of the night, I got up and got on the, on the World Wide Web and and found uh, David B. Wright's message in 2014, which was the first banquet for 40 Days for Life after the uh, Planned Parenthood Center closed. And in his speech, all three of those things that God had spoken to me in December, he said verbatim exactly what God had said. And his, his, um, his personal testimony, he said that his wife grew up in Corpus Christi, and they prayed and fasted and prayed and fasted, and all of the abortion centers in Corpus Christi closed. And the pro-life community sort of said, okay, praise God, we're done. And mm-hmm. that was about the size of it. And two years later, an abortionist snuck into town, opened up another facility, and in 2014 it was still in operation. So every time they see... Texas A&M and Blinn, they're seeing, uh, Planned Parenthood is seeing dollar signs. They, w- they would like to be back in. But if we keep the pro-life message going, then we can remind people of the preciousness of life and remind them that, that that's not where we want to go as a community. Oh, I agree one, 100%. Um, so we have a vigil scheduled, as uh, Patricia said. We're uh, talking with Patricia Hefty. She is the vigil leader for the 40 Days for Life uh, upcoming vigil. It's going to be here on Texas Avenue for September 23rd through November the 1st. Uh, so 
let's put some people to work, Patricia. Yes. Help us. Uh, <laughs> tell us how someone who's listening uh, can help help you fill some of those hours, support you in any other way. Uh, I bet there's lots of work to be done. Yes, there is lots of work to be done. Um, people can, the first thing to do would be to get on the 40 Days for Life website, which is uh, 40daysforlife.com, and sign up for the College Station Vigil. It's very easy. There's a couple of clicks. You put your zip code in, College Station will pop up, and you sign up for the vigil. When you sign up online for the vigil, you will receive the daily emails that uh, Sean Carney, who's the CEO of 40 Days for Life, he sends us out daily during the, the vigil. Uh, there'll be a devotional in there to remind you of what to pray for um, and all kinds of news from other vigils because we have to realize that when you, uh, when you participate in a 40 Days for Life vigil, this is a global effort. You're not just one little uh, speck on the on the globe. There are, I believe, 588 cities worldwide participating this fall. So you are joining with your brothers and sisters in Christ from many denominations, from many walks of life, many ethnicities. It's just it's the body of Christ coming together to pray and to fast for an end to abortion, to stand as a sign of hope for women that are are in an unplanned pregnancy and, and don't have the resources that they need. And for those that have been through abortion to know that there is healing and forgiveness. Yes. And so, um, how did you come to the decision to have our vigil placed where it is? And did you meet with any roadblocks to, uh, establish that area? Yes, I did. Um, the, the location, all I can say was it was chosen by God. <laughs> That's all I can say, because uh, when I when I uh, thought about where to... Right, because prior to this, it was obvious where we were going to stand and pray exactly. in front of Planned Parenthood. Exactly, and many, many uh, vigils that are held in cities that do not have an abortion center, they usually will stand around the courthouse. And every time I, I thought about that, I said, no, that is not the right... That's not the right place for it. And uh, just in, in driving around town, God just put his finger on that, on that location. It's, it's not only a beautiful location. We have trees. We have shade most of the day. But it's also in a very high-traffic uh, location. And, um, and the people that are coming to, through that intersection— they, many times they have to stop for the light. Mm -hmm. So we've got a backup of cars, and we've got six lanes backed up plus the left-hand turn lane. And people can see our signs from all the way to the other side of the street. So we've oh, got— that's amazing. We've got a great uh, place right there. And plus on—I uh, don't know about this year with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and the changes to the football schedule and the, you know, the seating at— at uh, the stadium, but last year we had busloads of people come by, so we were not only uh, standing for life and standing as a witness for life for our community, but all the different uh, people that came into town for the football games, they got to see the 
the message of life. Mm-hmm. So it's it uh, far-reaching. Yeah, in, in your email, I was uh, particularly grateful that you put it, you know, we want to be clear, this is not a protest. Amen. <laughs> right. This is not a protest. This is a peaceful, prayerful vigil where people can come and stand and pray. And we are asking people to fast, too, because the Bible's very clear. Jesus said there are some things that only mm-hmm. can get done with prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. And so the fasting, people can—that's up to you and God how you do that. Some people fast TV. Some people will fast uh, social media. Some people fast their computers and, unless they have to have them for work. Some people fast a meal. Uh, Maybe fast those drinks that aren't with the saints, right? All right. That's what we were talking about earlier. (laughs) Exactly. Some people will fast Cokes because they know they they have a problem with that and they want to say, you know what, I'm going to tell my body no, and I'm going to listen to God and and give him this time. So um, there's many different ways to do that. And I I thought it was a a good time in the interview to also mention that because we have a station in Waco, we also want to remind the people that are listening in Central Texas area that there is also a Waco campaign, and that campaign is directed against an abortion facility in that city. Yes. That is the Waco 40 Days for Life campaign. That vigil leader is Anya Fitzgerald. She's been a guest on our yes, program before. She's precious. She is uh, has that wonderful Irish lilt to her her voice. You can reach out to her at 210-542-5700 or Prolife Anya. It's not spelled the way it sounds. A I N E at gmail.com. That's Prolife Anya A I N E at gmail.com. They're going to be out on uh, on Highway Six in front of the in front of the, the facility there, I believe. Yes. Kicks off the same. It's the same day. It That span of time is the same across the entire entire world. Yes. Right. For, for the 40 Days for... for 40 Days for Life campaign, Mitchell. yes. Um, I In talking with Robin last week, uh, he mentioned that uh, that particular Planned Parenthood has had many days of uh, not performing abortions due yes. to COVID-19. So wonderful. who is thankful for COVID-19? That's not <laughs> very often on anybody's mindset, but, uh, you know, God works through everything. Unborn children good. are thankful for it who are at, right. at risk of mm-hmm. abortion. That's for right. Sure. So, um, Patricia, I would, I would think that probably some of our listeners have never been a part of, uh, of the prayer vigil. Um, I did not, come to the stand and pray uh, experience until later in the 40 days for life. Um, not nearly uh, as not late, like you were late. I don't mean it like that, but you said, uh, uh, but I had many friends who were uh, so uh, attentive and prayer, prayer presence in front of that. But let's just talk a little bit of this may be falling on ears that has never heard it or considered Right. Uh, Can I? Yeah. I want to say something before you before you answer Judy's great question. But both of you have talked about being, you know, late to it. I think it's important to remember yeah. the parable of the <laughs> the, the uh, harvesters, the right? You st- you the, the Lord, you know, calls out the the guys at five p.m., but that they still get that full wage. You're mm-hmm. you're still making a full contribution to His work that's going on here. So whenever you join this movement, whenever you put your 
uh, wait to whenever he calls you to it like you felt called, you're a full participant in it, and there's no have no regrets. Sure, and to even emphasize that even more, um, everything there's a time and a season for when you're when something comes on your heart and it's real. Like uh, your email to me said, you know, when people know your reason for whatever it is that you're doing, then it becomes inviting and then it becomes doable. Yes. And I, and I think that, thank you, that is for, for mentioning that. But um, again, it was just, you all have your busyness and your ministries that you're involved in. And that really wasn't one of my ministries. And until a very good friend asked me to take her hour mm-hmm. and, uh, oh, by the way, that's when they're doing the abortion. Right. And I, you know, had never done that before. So one of my very first times of standing and praying was, mm. I think it was Tuesdays, but it doesn't matter. Was And at that time it became the thing I love to hate and uh, became a sidewalk warrior at that point. So yes. let's uh, describe a little bit about what that is to a listener who maybe doesn't know anything about it. Okay. Uh Due to the COVID-19 restrictions that we have, uh, we we're going to be doing the social distancing. We're going to be uh, wearing masks if we're going and coming to the vigil site. Uh, You don't necessarily have to wear the mask while you're praying. Uh, We're outside. That's the beautiful part about this. We're outside in the fresh air, so we've got a good place to be. what you do is uh, when you get on the 40 Days for Life website, you sign up for the vigil, and then you can sign up for vigil hours on the calendar. And then when your hour of prayer comes, you just come and drive over to the vigil site. All the information you need for parking and all those things, uh, restroom use, is on the website. And you'll park, and you'll come on up to the Uh, vigil site. I've got signs, and there are many different kinds of signs. We have the signs from 40 Days for Life says, pray to end abortion. We have other signs that just say, choose life. Uh, Another sign, affected by abortion, we're here for you. Just different kinds of signs to let them know that we are uh, there for them. We are there to uh, bring the message of life, bring the message of hope to these women, and so, um, so you choose your sign, and you stand on the sidewalk, and you stand for your hour. You can bring your Bible and uh, read scripture verses if you like. You can pray the rosary. You can pray uh, silently. You can pray out loud. You can sing. We have a lot of rights in this in this nation, and we want to to use those rights. You know, they talk about if you don't use it, you'll lose it, <laughs> especially with exercises is uh, involved. But it's, it's also our rights. And we have a right to peacefully assemble. We have a right to peacefully pray. And so we're just using those rights so that we can bring the message of hope and life to the community. And so uh, people are driving up and down the, the street they're seeing your signs. You'll get thumbs up. You'll get high fives from people walking by sometimes. Um, you'll get other things as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the, the main thing is, is that we remember when we get a negative response, those are the people that we pray for the most because we know they're hurting in some aspect of this 
dialogue that we're having, it's hurting them. And so we want to remember we're not there to hurt. We're not there to judge. We are there to pray for them and to ask God to, uh, to bring that message of life to them in a way that they can understand it and receive it. I uh, also want to encourage our listeners, um, perhaps you're in a position that you can't go and physically be a presence on Texas Avenue, and uh, gosh, we would so welcome your prayer support from wherever you are, Yes, uh, because, you know, intercessory prayer is an exponential thing, and we, you know, pray like we can, maybe instead of worried about how you can't be there please uh keep 40 days for life on in your prayer intentions and uh, contact your local parishes or your spread the word and any other um pro-life organization or whatever and just really um encourage each other and invite someone to go with you yes that's right bring bring a prayer partner with you if you can Mm -hmm. that's a great idea but the the main thing is even if you can't like you said sign up for hours on the sidewalk if you're praying at home if you sign up for the vigil online you'll get those prayer devotionals that will help you to remember to pray for our crisis pregnancy centers to remember to pray for our president and government leaders and all the different things that are included in those devotionals day by day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patricia, do you have a kind of a victory experience or some uh, story to tell that you've maybe had a conversation with someone that didn't think about pro-life or through your experience being involved mm-hmm. with 40 Days for Life? Can you share an experience that um, you had a heart-to-heart conversation with someone that's maybe even not like-minded, or uh, do you have... Mm -hmm. Well, um, we had several conversations with people on the sidewalk during the vigil. Uh, One young man, especially, I remember, he rode up on a bicycle, and he looked at my sign, and he looked at me, and he said, well, I'm an atheist. And I said, well, okay, you know. (laughs) And he said... I'm an atheist, but I believe that men ought to man up. And if they fathered a child, that they should be responsible for that child and take that responsibility uh, to heart. And I said, you know, sir, I totally agree with you. And he looked at me with these wide eyes. I think he thought I was going to beat him up with a Bible or something. But I agree with him totally that that is true. Men ought to man up and and be the the father and be the the man for that woman that they've, uh, you know, they need to take the responsibilities, and so he just was so amazed that we could have that common ground. Yeah, and he rode off on his bicycle, and I just said, you know, God bless you, sir, and we just continue to pray for him right now that yeah. that he will find Christ. Sure. Yeah, um, I had a similar, uh, my neighbor actually, his son was a self-proclaimed atheist, and we'd have many patio conversations about the Bible. And well, he, I read the Bible, I've read, I've read the whole Bible, which I have not done, but, uh, and I said, well, then you know what I believe, and he said, yes, I do. And it was just a casual thing. Uh, hey, can you come help me? Uh, the benefit was that next Thursday or something like that, but I needed to move something. Mm-hmm. So I asked him to help me the next day, 
we go to where the benefit was and he's helping me unload and people are like greeting him and happy and loving and inviting and hey could you help me and we ended up spending two or three hours there and um he he just expected I don't know it was like you don't have a sign on you that says I'm an atheist <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell other people that and then you open the conversation one way or the other but right. uh he did say that I believe that life starts at conception and he was very pro-life and through that experience of helping just move some things around he later became a Christian that's beautiful and um, I think that that witness we can all do that right as you've talked throughout this whole time about hope and love and prayer and support and so we we pray for both of those gentlemen in this conversation. Right, mm-hmm. right. There was one more uh, thing that happened. I, I wasn't at there at the time, but there were some prayer volunteers um, out on the sidewalk, uh, men, and a doctor came up to them and started talking to one of them. And he said, you don't realize how hard these women have it. Why are you judging these women? And the man just looked at him and he said, we're not judging these women. We're praying for them, and we're praying for you. And he said that doctor just, he had no words to say. Mm-hmm. It, it was profound that someone that he didn't even know was praying for him as well. So I think it's it's beautiful. I know the, the eyes of people were opened to the, to the, um, the need to, to stand for life because I know one man came up to me uh, one day and he was just saying, thank you so much for doing something for the, because of this awful thing that is happening. And I said, sir, did you know that abortion is the leading cause of death in the world today? He did not know that. A lot of people don't realize that, but it is the leading cause of death in the world today and it's preventable. Mm-hmm. And, and we can, we can stand and pray and believe God. I love the quote by Winston Churchill. He says, the first quality that is needed is audacity. Mm-hmm. And I have the audacity to believe that God is big enough and strong enough and mighty enough to bring these women to a point of, of hope and joy and peace and that they can see their lives change and turn around for good. I just... We have to have that audacity to stand on the sidewalk and believe God that he is speaking to those people as they go by. Absolutely. He keeps his word. Yes, he does. And we walk in faith, not by sight. So we go out in faith, believing in our God that he is is mighty and he is speaking. Yes, he is. And we um, want to uh, circle back to the beginning of our uh, time together and... Tell all of our listeners that uh, Patricia Hefty is here today. She is the vigil leader for the upcoming 40 Days for Life. And so we're going to kind of recap ways that people can get involved and different ways that we can promote it. I know that this information is going to be on Red Sea's website, that they can uh, reach out in that way. But uh, So tell our listeners how this call to action, we just trust in God's stirring of the hearts that are listening right now and uh, that can get involved as a prayer warrior. Yes, that's right. Um, Just go to 40daysforlife.com 
sign up for the vigil, and then you can sign up for prayer hours on our website. Uh, you can also uh, email me at vigilforlife2019 at gmail.com. And I will be glad to uh, put your name on the calendar if you are kind of leery about getting on the website or whatever. I can do that for you. It's not a hard process at all. Uh, but we do call anyone that has that desire to pray, the desire to stand and uh, and see God move mm-hmm. in our community. Um, are there other ways that this is being promoted? I mean, do you have some parishes that are organizing yes. some... Uh, I sure do. Uh, St. Mary's and St. Thomas Aquinas and um, St. Anthony's, they all have church captains, and they're going to be promoting the vigil themselves so that it takes some of the weight off of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have Casa de Dios, which is a a church that meets in the SOS Ministries building. Uh, They have a church captain, and uh, Wheelock Baptist Church has a church captain. And um, let me think. I think that is, those are the main church captains that we have right now. Oh, and we also have First, uh, First United Methodist Church of Bryan. They have a church captain as well. So um, we're, we're just moving right along. Great. And typically there's more than one person out praying at a time, or is there? Yes, we try to have at least two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes I'm all by myself. So uh, we just welcome anyone. Like you said, it's a, it's a heart issue. If God is stirring your heart, then let's be obedient to mm-hmm. that stirring. And if he's not, then that is not something you need to be involved in. It's, it's mainly just uh, listening to the Lord and knowing what he wants you to do and being obedient. Now, there are other ways that you can help. You can help if you can't give your time on the sidewalk, you can give your treasure. So there's ways to, uh, to give to the, to the local vigil. If you give to 40 Days for Life, uh, the corporate uh, offices, that goes to the corporate offices. But if you want to give to the local vigil, then uh, I'll have to give out uh, information on doing that. Oh, okay. You had something to add? Uh, I wanted to come back to that idea of uh, that hope you all were talking about and um, trusting in, in God, and I think that um, something else that's important to keep in mind when we take part in something like this is letting go of seeing any success, of seeing any victory. You know, God's ways are above our way, our ways, and our ways are not His ways, and and we're finite beings, and He is infinite, and is in all things, and at all times, and so. It's a call to radical humility that standing out there on the sidewalk, we may not see the results of our prayer and our efforts and our cooperation with God, but that's okay. And we we have to learn that as human beings and as followers of God is to just put our hands in His and trust that He's going to bring everything to fruition, just the way that he took those, you know, five loaves and two fish mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. made something incredible out of it and fed all those those people. Right. But our loaves, we have loaves. We yeah. have fish, yeah. and we offer them to the Lord. Yeah. And 
the rest of that parable, there was leftovers. Right. And those leftovers were given back to the to those that were there and intended to be spread out. And we we have that ability to offer whatever it is we have. And so many things that God calls us to do doesn't come with the uh and then you'll be happy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then you'll feel really great about yourself. And... Well, I mean that's <laughs> bad things happen to good people. Yes. For our listeners, Thaddeus is pointing to the crucifix that we have on the wall here. And um, so we're all called to participate, in, uh, especially um, during this time of the year. Our election is coming up as uh, we wonderfully were called to action by uh, Abby Johnson in the beginning. Uh, she spoke last night at the Republican National Convention. You can find that four-minute clip lots of places on Facebook right now. Perhaps we're even going to have it um, on. No, we're not going to have it on our website. So don't check our website for that, but you can find it. Patricia, thank you so much. Thank you for your witness. Thank you for your answer to that prompting of the Holy Spirit on you that you've stepped up and uh, given us all an opportunity to unite. Thank you for your rallying everyone and really just thank you for your time here today it's just an inspiration to be with you and we want to thank all of our listeners and have a great day be blessed thank you judy Since you wait.